This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hello, Metro FM family. This is your brother Jonathan with DHL Ministries, Decisions, Habits, Lifestyle Ministry. Now, joining you again as this year winds down. The end of the month is the beginning of a new year. And many people are in celebration throughout the world right now, but for various reasons. And even those of us who are Christian often miss the real reason for the season, but also the spiritual application of what we're celebrating. We long for certain songs. We desire to hear a certain preaching or a certain preacher preach. Maybe you even have a nativity scene at your church or a play that comes up. And all those things are, of course, wonderful ways of celebrating this time, um, whether it be accurate or not, based on when Jesus was really likely born or not. Any chance when we can unite and celebrate the birth of our Savior is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. But remember, the desire for God is to transform our lives by renewing our minds, the way we see things. And so he goes to great lengths to document things in our Bible, actual events, by giving us the Holy Spirit nowadays. We all have the Spirit of God, and if we are practiced in it, if we are disciples, if we are sensitive to His still, small voice, we will see the application of the principle represented in the Word of God. So more than desiring to hear an accurate preaching of the Word of God, we should receive the message that is in the Word each and every time, and yes, even now, with the story of the birth of our Lord and Savior. One of the things that I see consistently here that in, in, these, in these times when we're celebrating the birth of the Lord, and when you start to see it as we share today, I pray that you're able to see that you are not alone and that this particular activity is part of our lives as Christians as much as it was back then. And so let's look into one of the things that is talked about the most this time of the year. We're in the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 30 through 33. And it says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Amen. Well, there are a lot of shalls there and shouts. Um, and what they refer to, of course, is the future, is a forecast of what will come to pass. Well, what that implies is something that many of us do not enjoy, but is so necessary. You see, Mary was informed, but then she had to wait. 
she was told what will come, but because it was told of the future, she had to wait. And Jesus was even born, and then there was the wait, because he grew and developed as a child. And we have a few stories in the Bible, accounts of the things he did as a child. But then John the Baptist made the announcement. But we still had to wait for the revelation of who Jesus was. You see, waiting on the Lord is a very common thing in the Bible. But because there's a process in that waiting, there's a development and a gaining of understanding and an acquiring of principle or character in our lives, in our walk. There's a transformation that takes place and then all these things are brought together in a culmination as that moment comes. We see the reason for the wait. In Psalm 27, 14, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You see how it says it twice there? And whenever you see something twice, it's not that God feels the need to repeat it per se, not for effect, but for the reality that we need to see the emphasis of it. We need to see that it's that important. In the Amplified, that same verse is wait and hope and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. You see that? That's all in that word wait. In fact, that word wait in Hebrew is kalvau, kalvau. And it means to bind together, perhaps by twisting or to collect. Now, figuratively, it means to expect, but to gather together and to look and be patiently tarrying or waiting for, on, or upon. Now, let's think about an illustration at this point. To bind together, perhaps by twisting, to collect. This is what it means to wait. Now, how does that make sense? When you think of wait, you think of crossing your arms and tapping your foot, watching the clock. No, 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 no. That's not what this is implying. Because with the sense of confident expectation that these things are going to come to pass in due time, we wait, meaning we collect or we bind together the moments that are taking place leading up to the wait. If we don't do it, God will do it for us. You know, Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Listen to the amplified version of Romans 8, 28. It says, then we, we are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to His design and purpose. Can you see that? They're, they're fitting into a plan. So when you see the divine delays, when you redeem that time and don't just sit there and allow the fruit of frustration. But no, you continue to pray to God and trust in God and confess your trust in God and search the scriptures 
and stay in communion with God, abiding with God. And when you do that, you learn why God has you waiting, what is going on in that whole entire process. So you see, waiting is not crossing your arms and tapping your foot and allowing the time to slip by. No, 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 no. Waiting is redeeming that time, trusting and believing that God will do what he said he will do and exchanging that time for something more valuable so that your character can develop, so you can understand what God's plans and purposes are. And when that time comes to pass, you will see exactly why God put you through those things and why those things were necessary in your development. Even after the ministry of Jesus Christ began, the disciples had to wait. And when we look back now on that entire account, we can see the development, the challenges that the disciples were faced with. We can see those that pressed in compared to those that didn't, just by the evidence of the ones that were able to see the transfiguration, the ones who were able to um, be offered the chance to pray with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, we see the challenges, the imperfections, but the growth and development of Peter, James, and John. In fact, we may forget the names of some of the other disciples, even though they're named and they are distinguished among all the other people following them. But we don't see them pressing in like we see Peter, James, and John. And so we see the development of discipleship in the middle of all of that and how that time was redeemed and it was reflected upon, it was recalled. We see them maturing and reinforcing their commitment to the Lord in the midst of all the challenges that were destined to come as his ministry became more and more apparent. All things actually worked out for good. They were fitting into the plan that God had for them. Even when Jesus was crucified, the whole world had to wait. There was that season, those three days that they had to wait, even when Jesus was resurrected, there was still a period of waiting. And when Jesus ascended up to heaven, now we all wait. You see, the waiting that continued on that they thought would finish was the waiting for the kingdom of God to come. And we now we know because we have the spirit of God that the kingdom of God did come and is in fact here but is still allowing the process of the enemy and his rule over the world for a season as we're ending the church age. But Almighty God is here. The kingdom of God is here. And we take it with us as believers whenever we share the word of God. We are ambassadors of that kingdom of God. Isaiah 64, 4 says, Now, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen. O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. So you see, waiting is part of our Christian life. And in fact, now that you've heard these things, and you've heard about Kavah, and you know that it means the binding together, perhaps by twisting, the collecting, and figuratively to expect, you can see that throughout the whole Bible, we can see the divine use of waiting, not wasting time, but it's that developmental time. You know, as we pray and petition God for something, 
as we pray sincerely, as we pray wholeheartedly, as we pray based on the Word of God by studying the Word of God to see how to pray more effective, fervent prayers, then the Lord reshapes our prayer. We are convicted where we're asking amiss, and we feel uh, confirmation when we're asking accurately, and it gives us strength for the wait. We trust in God's timing. Look back now on your life and see things that you prayed for. And maybe they didn't come to pass exactly as you had started to pray. But now when you look back, you, most of us wouldn't change a thing. We wouldn't change a thing. We can see maybe we weren't ready for God to bless us the way we're asking Him to bless us. Maybe we can see that there were instabilities and, and fragile uh, pockets of fragility in our relationships or in our commitment and yet we ask God and we really asked from our heart but yet God said you're not ready for it think about your children who may ask you for a car for Christmas well if they're five years old I hope you don't give them a working automobile you would gauge that based on what they're ready for right and so the same thing with our Heavenly Father we ask and we may not ask amiss but we have to wait on his timing. His way is perfect. He knows the end from the beginning. He's never surprised. Never surprised. And when we learn to filter things through the spiritual perspective instead of through our human perspective, we will learn that the, the wait is worth it. The wait is worth it. This time of the year, you may be waiting to see what you're getting for Christmas. You may be waiting to see what's going to happen in the world because of all the things that we're told are going on that are changing the way we travel and the way we visit with loved ones and so forth. But don't wait on the outcome of those things. Wait on the Lord. Give all your requests to the Lord. This is the time of year for giving gifts, but we're looking to the gift giver. And so not just this time of the year, but all throughout the year, know that God wants to bless you with good things, not just finances, not just possessions, but he's developing you by changing your mind. And so every time you hear the word of God, listen for the principle, listen for the message that's specific to you at that point in time in your life, and then wait on the Lord. Like Mary had to wait for the baby to be born, but yet she got confirmation by visiting Elizabeth, right? She had confirmation along the way that there was a king of kings, the king of kings was being born in her. But even after he was born, there were still some very human things that they had to wait on in his development. Even as a child, when he read from the scriptures in the synagogue, staying behind when the caravan of the family had left, he still had to wait until he was grown and mature. And even then, when his ministry started, there was still a divine wait, right? John the Baptist announced that Jesus was coming and there was still a wait. I mean, you can see the waiting, but we can also see the purpose for that waiting in that time, in that scenario. Well, here's something you don't have to really wait on right now. If you've heard this message and you feel moved in a very unique way or Perhaps you feel that you're being drawn closer to God as a believer. There's a reason you're sensing that. And God wants to restore your relationship with himself or your sensation or awareness of that relationship. 
and even unbelievers are people who aren't sure whether they're saved or not. He wants us to take this time right now to share with you the pathway to that conversion, to salvation, to discipleship. So go with me now through the ABCs. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none that's righteous. No, not one. There's only one that's good, and that's the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as you're hearing this, I'm going to walk you through this. A, admission, admitting that you're a sinner. Now, the word sinner has been used in various ways, but in a most simple form, it just means missing the mark. God has a plan and purpose for your life, and we are born into the state where we are missing that mark. In fact, we're traveling away from God instead of to God. And so our propensity, our default setting is to do things against the will of God. And so becoming aware of that sinful condition is very important to this process. So admitting it or owning it or just stating it to God that you know that you um, were born into sin means you need a savior. You need someone to pay because the penalty for sin is death or eternal separation from God. If you're having that sensation now like you want to be closer to God, obviously you don't want that sentence. Well, Jesus Christ came and died to pay that price. And so that price has been paid as you believe and abide and trust in him. So A, admission of knowing your situation and your relationship with God. Be believing that Jesus Christ came and died for you, paid the price for that, and he rose from the dead. And he lives today to intercede on your behalf. Admission, believing, and see confessing. Cutting ties with everyone or letting them know that you're changed is so important. Those people who are around you every day and those people who you may have seen who are Christians. To surround yourself with like-minded believers. Yes, to go to church, but to allow to be in the community of believers. And that's where conversion transforms into this relationship of discipleship. That's what DHL Ministries wants to do. So you can join our WhatsApp group and get the notes from these sermons and the link to the podcast. Uh, you can listen to other things that we have on YouTube under DHL Ministries. We're here twice a week on Radio Box or through Metro FM 94.5 Wednesday evenings and Sunday mornings. We want to help you in that process. So Call or text to this number, 260-97-583-6324. That's 260-97-583-6324. When you call or text to that number, you will be added to our WhatsApp group. You'll get the notes from this service, uh, this message. Uh, when I see people are added, I'll go ahead and repost the notes. And you'll get the link to the podcast for this. Once you go to that link, you can listen to the other broadcasts that we've been sharing about these types of messages and other series we've had. So we welcome you. We want you to get plugged in. We want you to develop and grow in discipleship. Now, I pray that you celebrate in the proper way this time of the year. It's already the 19th. Christmas is coming. The celebration of Christmas is coming. Stay focused. Make a new commitment to be in your word, to read and hear and study and memorize and meditate the word of God and grow in discipleship. 
we thank you so much. Pray for this radio station. We appreciate your prayers for everyone who works there. And we ask you for prayer for this ministry that the Lord's will would be done. May you be blessed and protected and safe in the arms of Jesus now and forever, I pray in his name. Amen. This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hello, Hone FM family. This is your brother Jonathan with DHL Ministries, Decisions, Habits, Lifestyle Ministries. You know, we try to keep it real and share with you real application of the Word of God. At a home study this week, someone brought up a very interesting perspective on the verses of Scripture that I will give to you today. These verses in chapter 15 of Luke contain several stories here, but there is a common thread with all of these stories. And it is so important whenever you read the context of the Word of God to consider that each one of these characters of these actual events demonstrate our human tendencies. We all have human tendencies that can surface and take away from our growth and development in the Lord. And oftentimes it is very humbling to realize this and to see yourself through the character that you may not want to see yourself through. We all gravitate towards the good character, the character who wins, the person who does the right thing that's pleasing to God. But how many times do we look at it from the perspective or from the character of the one who isn't pleasing God or doesn't choose the high road? Well, let's think about this in the 15th chapter of Luke. Now, when you read the whole chapter, like in the chapter here of Luke, you want to see the common thread through all of the parables. There is a reason why these are grouped together. Now, the original language of the Bible did not separate into chapters or into verses. That was done later. And the goal was to try to make it easier to look up and sometimes define where stories end and begin, principles end and begin, but it doesn't always fall that way. So it's nice to read the whole chapter and then consider these stories. Within this chapter, we have the story of the parable and the lost sheep. We have the story of the piece of silver that went missing, and we have the story of the prodigal son. Now, if you're familiar with these stories, they have a common thread. The parable of the lost sheep talks about leaving the 99 to go after the one that is lost. The parable of the piece of silver talks about leaving the nine pieces of silver, essentially to look for the one missing piece of silver. And the prodigal son has the same tone, but you have to look for it. And the person who mentioned this in our home study, it was so nice that they mentioned this and it helped me to see things from the other perspective. The prodigal son, of course, is the story. Well, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. 
and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance on riotous living. We know this story of how he used all that money up so quickly in doing so many crazy things. And at the end, he realized, why am I hungry and working in the capacity of feeding the pigs when my father is so good to his servants? I can go and explain to my father and just ask to be one of his servants and I will have it better than I have now, my paraphrase. But when he goes, he finds his father runs from afar off and meets him and kisses him and gives him his ring, which gives him authority and power and new slippers and a new robe and kills a fatted calf and celebrates that his son was lost, but now he's found. We can relate to that whenever we've gone prodigal, but what about the brother who complains? At the end, the brother says, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends or a celebration. But as soon as thy, this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is now found. So how many times have we been that one when the pastor pays special attention to someone who has messed up or who has done something or is active in restoring a person and we think, I've been faithful. I've been working here by your side. I haven't done any of those things and yet you have failed to recognize me. You failed to appreciate me. You know, we get so self-centered and self-focused instead of understanding the reality that someone was lost, had walked away, and yet is now being returned, reconciled, brought back into the family. And it can be any number of scenarios in secular or in the Christian setting where we felt that we've gotten very selfish and self-centered instead of appreciating the dynamics of what was going on. Well, leaving the 99 for the one, the 99 were in a fold. They were in a group. They were safe. The one by itself was not. You know, the nine silver coins were safe in the purse, but it was the one that was missing that we need to be concerned about and go looking for because the others were safe. They were together. They were secure. The son at home was secure, he was committed, he was devoted, he was safe, he was trustworthy, he was reliable. The other one needed the special attention, needed the assurance of reconciliation, needed to know that his father had not failed in being committed to keeping him as a son no matter how he had felt or if his son's actions had hurt his feelings. Well, our God is full of grace and mercy. Our God is ready to receive you back if you've gone astray. Our God extends his hand to you if you've never developed or committed to a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He's there for you. And this is the God we serve. He knows us so well. And he remains committed regardless. He remains steadfast, unwavering in his commitment to us. 
May we all develop this unwavering commitment, the depths of this forgiveness, the lack of condition in our love to other people. May we extend that character of God to the people around us and stay others-centered instead of self-centered, right? Look at these stories again in Luke 15 and consider these things well. Which part do you play the most? Where is your human nature rising above your spiritual nature? And put off those things that promote that response and put on the new man in Christ Jesus. It's a word of encouragement. If you need more words of encouragement, we are here on Hone FM every Sunday. But you can look us up as DHL Ministries online. You'll find that we have YouTube videos, that we have podcasts available to you. We want to help you to grow and develop, not just unto conversion and giving your life to Christ, but into discipleship to fulfill the Great Commission and get you plugged in directly to the Lord by reading of His Word and, and fellowshipping with like-minded believers. We ask you to pray for Hone FM and all the staff, not just this time of the year, but all the time. And we thank you for your prayers for DHL Ministries. We so look forward to the word that God will have for you next week. But we also look forward to seeing you active on any one of those venues, engaging in the materials that God has so graciously supplied through our ministry. May you be riched above and beyond what you expect and may you look to the author and finisher of your faith, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to finish what he has begun in your life. God bless you all. In Jesus' name, amen.